Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to episode 88 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther, your host, and we have a packed show this week. Holly and I are chatting utter nonsense as ever, as well as a bit of running chat you'll be pleased to hear, from tales of woe around her poorly foot to my nerves ahead of a fast-approaching trail marathon. I interrupt our guessing to have a lovely chat with Anna Marie Watson, an ultra runner like no one I've ever met before. Over the last 10 years, she's trained and raced across the globe and has achieved podium positions at multiple ultras and has competed in three Ironman World Championships. Since the arrival of COVID, she's switched her attention to the pursuit of fastest known times from her doorstep in Wiltshire. And this is why I wanted to talk to her as it's on my doorstep too. I got in touch after watching Eight White Horses, the incredible film that she's had made of her FKT attempt to run the White Horses of Wiltshire. She is astonishing. Holly and I come back after my chat with Anna Marie to talk about some more of your running annoyances. Mostly, it turns out it's still other people, but because we like to think of ourselves as unbiased, we also include an email from a listener who has provided the other half of the story and we find ourselves thoroughly chastised as a result. Maybe we shouldn't hate people so much. Also, we discuss our new topic, embarrassing moments, and a listener's personal moment with a pesky front zip fastening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with your own stories. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Forestry England. Forestry England cares for more land and trees than any other organisation in England, growing, shaping and caring for more than 1,500 of our nation's forests. It has built over 1,800 miles of running, walking and cycling trails. From 1k to 10k route lengths, their waymarked running trails have been designed with both beginners and seasoned runners in mind. 
they provide an opportunity to run on safe, off-road, traffic-free trails in beautiful forest locations. Start your running journey or find inspiration for beating your personal best with Forestry England. Find out more at forestryengland.uk forward slash running. Oh my God, how's mine been going? I've been, I think, on one run since we did the Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear about your, your one run. Tell me about your one run. Um, so, well, it was quite tentative because I'm having to be a little bit careful still because when I did my sprained foot, yeah, um, it was, I was, I was given two to four weeks, which I think is quite weird. Like that's quite a, that's quite a, it's quite a difference between two and four. There is a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks is manageable. Four weeks is a whole month. Exactly. So two weeks was maybe kind of just after we'd got back, a couple of days after we got back. Yeah. Um. So for us now, like a week ago. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm now on something like three weeks. So I've only been on one quite tentative run because it's weird. Some days I can't notice the foot at all. And other days I'll feel like all I've done is walk to co-op and it's really sore. Mm. But it wasn't actually sore when I ran. It was fine. I yeah. just did a really gentle plod though. I literally did like two miles or something yeah. just around Victoria Park. Nice. It was fine. Um, I think I want, to, I think I kind of feel, I don't know whether this is overly cautious, but mm. with the bath half being moved, I'm not really in a huge rush to kind of get back to huge distances. Yeah. I think I I want to almost build from scratch again okay. so that I'm not doing anything that could cause me to hurt myself. Because like I said, sometimes randomly, really painful, like it, the, the, the grim thing about it as well as it's not like a particular... Well, this is going to sound so horrid. No. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's when I move my foot in a particular way. It's not an ankle issue. Yeah. It feels like sometimes when I step flat on my foot, so when I've been walking around, maybe that's why running wasn't sore particularly because you don't do a huge amount of that. You have a bit more of a kind of like lift off, don't you? <laughs> yeah. But when I'm walking around, it feels slightly like the bones in my feet are rattling. Oh. Which isn't nice. No. I mean, that can't be it. Because I think I'd be in a lot more pain if my if my foot bones were jangling around inside. If they my weren't joined to each other. Sack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that doesn't sound very nice at all. I know, but 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 I didn't actually have that when I was running. But saying that, yeah, I did literally run for like one or two miles before I felt like maybe I'll stop and take a chill. So yeah. I've been on a grand total of one run since last time we spoke. Well, good for you for <sighs> actually going on a run, breaking You're boundaries, properly injured. So. Well, it is weird. I do feel a little bit like I'm, um, you know, what's it called when you want to be ill off school? Pulling a a a sickie. sickie. (laughs) I feel a bit like I'm pulling a sickie. I don't know why, because it doesn't doesn't hurt quite a lot of the time. And, you know, in the first kind of week or so, it was quite sore. So I felt I definitely shouldn't go running now. Mm. Whereas now it's sort of sometimes a little bit sore, which makes me feel like I'm just kind of going, oh, maybe I just won't bother. Yeah, I'm pulling a bit of a sickie. I think you're being eminently sensible that you're doing what runners should do, which is taking proper time to rest and recover. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, I can't count how many times that I've gone running with a chest infection or yeah. shin splints or, and just kind of, I don't know, worn extra tight socks to try and cope with it or, 
you know, coughed yeah. my lungs up after, after the first mile and I thought, oh, well, it's just cleared the way, hasn't it? So that's a good <laughs> thing to do. It's not a good thing to do. Such a bad thing to do. I think you have to be careful, don't you? And especially we had so we had a few things in a row. Like I had COVID, I was poorly, then the foot thing happened. And the foot thing happened really because I was in a bit of a haze of not feeling 100% yeah. and tripped downstairs. So I think I would rather be a little bit careful now, even if it's a little bit boring and I'm not doing it in sort of very exciting trail runs off into the distance mm. and just do my little route that's like, yeah, somewhere between a mile and two miles my little loop around the park and keep it at that for the mo and hopefully I can build up to doing that like a couple of times a week rather than just the one that I did yeah I also did go to a spinning class and that was fine didn't notice any pain with that at all and I guess that's because you're not actually putting well I don't know maybe a scientist needs to tell me if I'm right here Mm. but I suppose you're not putting weight directly if you're in it's definitely less load bearing isn't it when you're yeah, cycling it's yeah. not so load bearing it's not as impactful kind yeah. of thing yeah so that was fine I didn't even notice that I definitely would do that again yeah but running I was just a little bit cautious about when I went spinning oh was that creep there no he wasn't <laughs> I haven't seen him since I'm really, really? what if he listened <laughs> I haven't seen him since oh. <sighs> Cara did once yeah so he uh, he he obviously does still go, um, but I do, we've not been crossing paths with me and the creep. So oh, that's good. I'll let you know. You know I I'll do. report as yeah. soon as I see him again. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been actively creepy to me either, but I feel solidarity for women. He, I don't know what it is, Esther. I don't know whether it's. I think I think to give him the benefit of the doubt. Rather than being a gross old perv, I think he's hyper competitive and quite socially yeah. not very aware and doesn't realise that maybe staring at somebody's legs to see how many rotations they're doing in comparison to you is a little creepy and is going to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. That's I did. The more I think about it, that's what I think it, it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I was beginning to think I just because I I went to spinning just after we talked about it and um uh yeah and I I've got a much smaller class than you so I was kind of just looking at other people's behavior and there was Maybe no start going to yours people don't say that um, <laughs> and I don't I didn't don't think I saw anyone do it and then I realized in my checking to see if anyone else was doing it that I was sort of doing it that I was looking at other I was just sort of seeing I wasn't being competitive I was just sort of seeing what they were doing I, I think yeah, it's checking I do sometimes look at their little screens oh yeah I yeah because we don't I think we have lesser bikes than you so we don't have oh screens. really yeah <gasps> oh we've got screens oh, oh well we the screens is what he should have been looking at it's still I don't know about the etiquette maybe this is one that people can write in and tell us what they think <laughs> about but maybe it's okay but there's still a part of me that thinks I probably shouldn't be looking at other people's screens I some it the best spin classes I think are when I don't compare myself to anybody and I just go for it. Yeah. But sometimes I just want to know, am I doing the right kind of, like, am I the right elevation? Cause the speed, the spinning instructor that I used to have used to say be on six or eight or yeah. whatever, yeah. um, of the kind of resistance kind of thing. And, um, 
the new one doesn't she just goes kind of up by two so you can start wherever you like and i don't know sometimes whether people will have started at one and are just sort of freewheeling or whether they might be sort of starting at five or six so sometimes i'll look at that see what other people are doing yeah but um but looking at uh, looking at other people's legs yeah not for me i suppose unless like you you don't have a screen to kind of gauge what kind of level you should be working to but he did have screens. Oh, no, I think it's just a creep. I reckon the next time he turns up, he's going to be wearing like a women's running podcast t-shirt. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. He's a number. He's the number one listener. Number one fan. Oh, maybe, maybe he's um, the person that that told us off to say that they didn't think that we talked enough about running. Oh yeah, fifteen twenty maybe minutes that's him. without talking about running. About running, maybe that's him. <sighs> well, we talked about running straight off the bat today. Straight so off take the bat. that. Yeah. Innit? How was yours? Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, running. Right. Um, <laughs> I reckon, I don't know. I've got two things going on here. So I've got, um, so I've been doing a lot of running um, and uh, for me. And so I've got the bath beat in uh, just over a week's time. So that's 26 and a half miles. Mm. Um, I'm going to do it with a friend. She's training for an ultra. She wants to go very slowly. I think I'm going, uh, I, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, but the last time I did it, which is about three years ago, I did it after my longest run was three miles, and then I just went and, stre- and did it. Yeah, and it was fine. I, for some reason, I'm more worried about it, and I think maybe I don't know. It's, it's just because I sort of because I know it, yeah. um, and I'm 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 just a bit kind of worried about over pushing myself because my longest run at the moment is um a half marathon so I did Berlin um and then the week after that so last weekend I did about 12 this weekend we're away and I'm going to try and do about 11 12 something like that I think Mm -hmm. is my longest um so that's going to be my longest before doing like marathon distance but but it's marathon distance trail with a lot of elevation so it will be there will be lots of walking um, and uh, yeah, and I know that this friend that's doing it, I know that she does a very sensible pace. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be fine getting round, but for yeah, some I'm reason I'm sure. having some nerves. I don't know why. Um, oh, what helps you? Like, I like to think if the work, you know, worst case scenario, I know I can walk yeah. for quite a long time. My cardio is good enough that I can at least walk for 26 miles. Yeah. So does it help to have that to fall back on or does that make you feel more anxious? Um, it, it does. I think the, I think when I did it last time, um, I was, fu- I mean, you sort you have to walk because there are so many steep hills and it's not just the hills going up. It's also the terrain coming down. And I don't know what the weather's going to be doing this week. There's bits of rain and stuff. So what I do remember about it last time is there were some very, very big muddy bits mm. and you, you absolutely have to walk. Otherwise you're going to be on your face. Um, so it's, it's a very, very different running experience to like Berlin where it's like, yeah, exactly. So I'm not expecting, this is not, you know, it's trail running. It's not, this isn't a PB. Um, yeah. So it's kind of more to just like- enjoy it. Anna McNuff would say something to us about women and adventuring. Yeah. 
and going out there and being brave and being like, let's see what happens. Yeah, I think I think so. I think so. Mm. And then there's kind of there's some navigation in, involved as well because I don't know <gasps> some of the routes. Ori- you have to do orientation, sort of. Well, <laughs> nav. Yeah, but I mean, I've got, I've downloaded the map. It's on my watch, so like, I mean, it's not like the olden days. I'm not sitting there with like a head torch and a map and and a uh, AA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be fun. But I kind of I've I've like. So last weekend, my long run was lovely and slightly nerve wracking. So this is when I, I think I, I, I said that what I did was I stole a run from Strava and I, I, I ran that route, mm. um, which was really useful, but I kind of went wrong halfway round and ended up doing, I did quite a lot of um, canal path and then I went off the canal path and then I ended up going on the two tunnels in Bath. Now, the last time I did that was when I did the 10K yeah. um, before, like in the autumn with like hundreds of people. This time I was running it completely on my own on a Sunday morning in the dark. One of these tunnels is over a mile long and it's not pitch black because there are a, a tiny little lights mm. going along but it's, 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 it's actually, it's, it's quite weird. Yeah. It's really spooky. There's like, have you ever heard this or am I going mad? But I swear there's cello music. There is. Halfway yeah, round. Okay. So when you, when you get I'm to so the halfway point, they me. play it's like classical music. And, and it is, it, all of it is quite a spooky experience. <laughs> it's very clockwork orange, yeah. isn't it, when that happens? I, I don't did. like that at all. Yeah. Running through a dark tunnel with classical music playing, I feel like I'm going to get a golf club to the back of the head. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't loving it. And I think, no. um, sorry, that's not putting it, the tunnels are, are great. They're really fun to run, but with friends, there is the spooky, yeah, with friends, there is a bit of a spooky element that I, yeah, I didn't it, like doing it on my own. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, with friends or the race is the race was absolutely fine, but yeah, on, on my own, I was a bit, I was spooked and I did run too fast because I just wanted to get to the other end. Um, so there was all of that going on, but, but uh, other than that, I was really pleased that I'd done something different. Um, and I, it was a different route. It wasn't my usual kind of concrete jungle route. It was actually kind of you mm. know, nice views and all this sort of stuff. But my running, it's been a, a slight game of two halves because there's been that, which I I really like. And actually, mm-hmm. I, I did the same sort of thing this morning. I went for a run this morning and I did a kind of, I was looking on Strava last night for little routes around me that are different. So I, I'm trying to find difference. But on the other hand, what I've found, um, and maybe this is a conversation for a bigger, for a longer podcast, is that it's currently it's the Easter holidays. Um, mm-hmm. I'm for, because of loads of meetings today. I can't go to spin because it's Easter holidays. There are fewer boot camps for me to go to, which means I'm doing less cross training, and I'm having an internal panic about that. So, and oh. I was thinking about it on my run this morning where I'm like, oh, oh, I can't do spin. I can't do this. And the other. I would n- never normally run on a Thursday morning, but I did this morning. So I'm packing in too many runs. I yeah. Because I went to compensate. To compensate, for... to compensate. So I went yesterday. I went today. Um, I'll probably go a couple of times over the weekend. So I, I normally run about four times a week. I'm probably going to be running about five times. <sighs> and is this addictive? stroke controlling Mm. or is it a good way of kind of 
making sure that I'm getting my exercise in or I don't know I think you have to listen to your body don't you and if you really I mean we all don't massively want to go if we're going for a sort of morning long run or something but do you actually really not want to go how's your body feeling I think you have to think about all of those things and think what why am I doing this run is it because I want to for my mental health is it because I, I feel like I should for my training or am I going on it because I'm feeling worried about things that at the end of the day are out of our control a bit. We can train as hard as we like Mm. and then you might fall down the stairs. (laughs) I know. I know that's true, isn't it? Yeah. And then I'm sorry. I don't wish you falling down the stairs at all. Oh oh dear. It's a bit like whatever, whatever happened to baby Jane. Um, (laughs) But I think, um, yeah, I, I am. I'm concerned because I'm heading towards this kind of bigger race and also, when I've got past that, I then have to start really plotting towards the London Marathon. Mm. I have to start figuring out because, um, you know, a 16 or 20 week training plan isn't that far off with October, I think. Um, oh, my God, this year. I know, I know. So I really need to start thinking about that and trying to, and it was, you know, mm. looking at the kind of holidays that I've got booked and trying to plan long runs around them because, you know, by the time it gets to August, I need to be sort of thinking about that. Um, uh, so exciting, though. It is exciting. I'm terrified, though. I spoke to Rachel, who works for Women's Running, and she did the Bright Marathon last weekend. Um, I saw. Yeah, she had, she, she had a... a well, I asked her to give me a quick debrief and she did say it was unexpectedly brilliant. Like she, she, mm-hmm. she had a really good time, I think, um, with bits of it were, were more painful when she wasn't expecting them to be painful and bits of them were not painful when she was expecting them to be painful. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think you just get that kind of, when you haven't done that distance for such a long time and you hear someone else talk about it, it's like, I have no idea. I just can't, how am I supposed to do 26.2? How does that? Oh how God, you... I have no idea. Well, I was talking to a friend, so I went went to my childhood home, not where my parents live anymore, actually, but used to live in Wales. Yeah. And I went back over the weekend and saw um, a childhood friend. Shout out to B, who's just done the um, Man- Manchester Marathon. Hers was hers was Manchester, oh, no. and she. I was like, how on earth did you do it? Because the step up from a half, I know I could do a half, Mm. but the step up from a half to a marathon seems completely insurmountable to me right now. Yeah. And she was like, I didn't really train. (sighs) I just kind of, you know, I just kind of did it. And I thought, how jammy, how very jammy. But it did kind of also make me think that like, it, some people do just go in with that kind of an attitude yeah. where they're like, let's just give it a go. I suppose when I did one half, a virtual one, the virtual one that we did, that I got a thing for. Yeah. No, no, that was one I trained for. I can't remember a long distance that I've done since. I yeah. remember not not feeling like I'd done nearly enough training for it. Yeah. And it was fine. It, it is fine, isn't it? You do just it get over it, don't you? It was absolutely fine. Yeah, you get over it. Yeah. I think you've got nothing to worry about, and I am very, very excited to hear about it. When is it? Um, the Bath Bee. It's the weekend after this. Okay, cool. Oh. Um, the, I want, I'm, I'm really darting around all over the shop, <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to draw back to was that for us at time of recording, it's Easter weekend. It is. Where are you going? And how, where are you going to run? 
Oh, wow. Um, I am, we're going to Porter's Head to Dave's mum's. Nice. So we're going to be looked after and, and given loads of roast dinners and loads of chocolate. And um, there aren't, I, Porter's Head doesn't appear to have a huge running community. Um, mm. Anyone from Porter's Head can correct me if I'm wrong. I think there are quite a lot of runners. Uh, there's, I mean, obviously Bristol is heaving. Um, it seems like the, there's a park run in Clevedon, which is just down the road. Um, and, and around there, there seems to be quite a lot. But when I l- try and look up for routes around Port's Head for running, they're quite few and far between. And I don't tend to bump into many runners when I run. And that mm. might just be the time of day or whatever. Um, so I always find creating routes there a little bit difficult. What is great is that you are right on a coast path there because you're right on the um, Bristol Channel. Um, so one of the routes I'm hoping to do if it doesn't rain too much in the next couple of days is the coast path and that goes all the way down to Clevedon probably beyond actually it's the coast path it probably just goes to Cornwall yeah um uh, but I can turn left at Clevedon and then run back and I think that would be quite a nice hefty hefty run what about you what are you doing I am um well we're just here in Bath yeah but Poppy is coming who is my parents dog and she is the most gorgeous though I will not be doing any runs with Poppy no it's not for me if anybody you know has success with Canny Cross then (laughs) let us know but as you could tell from the scathing way that I said it it's not (laughs) something that I would like to do I think it'd be an absolute nightmare I'd trip over her she would be stopping and sniffing everything yeah. and it would be it would be an absolute an absolute nightmare. So I'm not gonna go for a run with Poppy. I might go for a run if I'm feeling yeah. feeling strong. I think yeah. I, I think I'm don't think I, I can see a problem with doing a couple of miles. Mm-hmm. Um and hopefully it will get me up early in the mornings as well. Because she's quite an early riser, is little pops. So yeah. um oh. Yeah, so I'm 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 really excited. I think it'd be nice and wholesome. I think we'll do similar. Make a lovely roast. Might do an egg hunt. I don't have the. I haven't. I don't know whether there are any Easter eggs. I have requested one from Doug because my parents are going away. And <sighs> yes, as a 26 year old woman, I do still get an Easter egg usually from my mum. Yeah. So um, I won't this year because they're going away. And I'm a bit sad. So I have requested an Easter egg from Doug. I've but... requested one too. What have what you? Kind of, yeah, tell me your, tell me your favourite Easter egg. Oh, I, okay. So I haven't requested anything specific because I... Mm, I did. Um, <laughs> I know, I probably should have done thinking about it. As the cogs are turning. <laughs> but my favourite kind of an Easter egg is... Oh, I think I like a scaffy chocolate Easter egg. Like, I don't want it to be to be sort of lint or anything posh mm. i think i want like maltesers yeah chocolate egg with a couple of those little bunnies yeah nice something like that what's yours cabbage fruit and nut all the way <gasps> oh of course all the is, way. There, is there fruit and nut in the egg yes there is oh, oh i might actually have to give that a try i do and like fruit and nut the thing is is i'm not going to get it i know i'm not going to get it the last time i had it was about three or four years ago and (laughs) I've not been given it I've requested it every year with with really stern Paddington stairs and everything never had it Mm. and I know for a fact that Dave has not we're currently Good Friday is tomorrow Dave has not bought me an Easter egg yet the cabbage fruit nut is a very popular choice 
he is not going to be able to find it. I am going to be left with oh. some crap egg. I know I am. I'm I know. I am too. And if I'm perfectly honest, have you bought one for Dave? Yes. Oh, you're you're lovely. I was going to say. I know I am. <laughs> I haven't got one for Doug yet, even though I was like, oh, please get me an Easter egg. I'll be so sad if you don't. I haven't been asked. Oh, but I, I don't that... think it matters as much to Doug. To me, I will be so sad not to oh, eat really my weight in, to in Easter chalk. Yeah. Well, well, you know, of course, there's our Jesus Christ Lord who was born this yes. day. Oh, no, um, sorry, who died this day. Yes. Uh, was reborn. Uh, I just, you're the one that Sorry. knows all this stuff. I don't know, I know any of this stuff. I know my mum be so angry with me. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the the chocolate egg is a uh, is a big it's a big pull, isn't yeah. it? Let's be honest. But for me, it is all the the pagan bits of Easter that are the draw. To be honest, mm. so yeah, the eggs, the bunnies, the new life. Yeah, it's all about sex, really, isn't it? Yeah, which you know, yeah, it's good, it and is especially all good. when it comes with chocolate eggs. <laughs> Not necessarily at the same time. No, although each to their own, obviously. Um, (laughs) Anyway, let's move on from chocolate eggs, although we needn't, but chocolate eggs onto, um, in a sec, I am going to be talking to uh, the lovely Anna Marie, who has um, just completed an FKT, a fastest known time of uh, running eight of the white horses in Wiltshire. Um, uh, I do you know, I can't even remember what the mileage is, but it's lots. Um, mm-hmm. She's absolutely lovely. And the thing that brought me to, brought her to my attention is that she made a film about it, which was absolutely Ooh. beautiful. Oh, um, I haven't seen that. I Well, I shall be putting the link in the show notes. Oh, I have um, to do, I have it's, to do it's my It's a lovely, research. lovely bit of a tear jerky film as all long distance running films always are anyway (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but she's such a lovely woman so we had a lovely chat uh, a couple of months ago um, to talk about her FKT and all of her running so I'll speak to her now I guess take it away yeah if you like this podcast you will love women's running magazine and right now we have a bit of a treat for you you can read each issue every month right on your phone for just $2.99 a month That gives you instant access wherever you are, and you can read all our back issues too. All for just $2.99 a month. We're practically giving it away. Use the following very long code at the checkout for this brilliant offer. WRSPR22POD That's WRSPR22POD It'll be in the show notes too, just in case. Thanks so much for coming on this. Thank you. Um, it's, it's really exciting to have you on here, especially after I saw your film, which um, made me a bit weepy, actually. It was just such an emotional, to, like to follow you, to be there with you on your journey as you're doing that FKT. It's just, um, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I guess that's probably the, is that the first time I would have heard of you? It might might have been. Um, I'm sure I must have heard of you before then because you've done absolutely everything like I was doing my kind of <laughs> my general research and stuff you have it's just crazy I was just like like I mean you know you're an absolute mega 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 ultra runner and like I, I started going through like all the stuff you've done like by year and worked out that if I was to list it all we'd basically still be here at the end of the podcast and I mean it's like <laughs> dun, 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 you've done so much stuff and it, it's not very often that you come across someone where their kind of racing history starts with like a London marathon 
and then just gets more extreme from there on in rather than kind of starting at like you know a 5k or something um and it's just it's amazing there's all these kind of you know utmb and you know ultras all over the shop duathlons marathons and then i mean yeah now now recently because i guess sort of covid wise it's fkts and uh, things which have kind of started peppering your cv a bit and specifically the what the one that you know we started talking about at the beginning there um was the white horse trail that you did and filmed um to make this just absolutely lovely lovely film which just is so inspiring mm-hmm. as well um, and I've never done any distance like that, but it's really, really inspiring. It's like so much more inspiring than watching like little bits of the spine race where you just go, yeah, no, I don't think that's for me. Um, <laughs> and I think maybe because it's in my my geographical area. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so I guess like with all of that, with all of that, maybe let's just get running out of the way. Like how did you start running where you were sporty kid? So running in in a way when I was at school and I think a lot of people's memory of sport or the way that they view sport links back to school in some shape or form um and I know for myself PE lessons were a very miserable uh occasion and I think again a lot of um <laughs> you know lovely ladies out there have a similar kind of experience which is really quite disappointing how yeah, we managed yeah. to put um you know the younger generation off sport and being active um I was Mm -hmm. always extremely uncoordinated anything with the ball was just not going to happen so I was almost inevitably picked for kind of like the cross country the 1500 meter because I could run in a straight line and you know I have to harken back to my dad as well he he's he's always run um and he has been very much one of my role models in life um he did the London Marathon I don't know, pretty much year on year back in the 80s and the 90s and did sub three. He would go and do the, you know, the the old, when it was the Kim, he'd, we'd, you know, I'd live in Newcastle, mm. we'd spend weekends over in the Lake District up in Scotland and he'd be doing these kind of crazy fell races. Um, and I always kind of vowed that I was never going to do that. I'd spent enough time sat in a car and in my memory, it was always raining, that I was just not going to run. Um <laughs> But I think there's a bit of it that's kind of been in my genes and it's, I just, I just love it. Um, and it's just got longer and longer and I've been fortunate kind of through work to live in some amazing places around the world. And I always view running as just a great way to, to see the landscape and to move through it. I find it having that kind of deeper connection um, really just kind of quite awe-inspiring that I don't get, you know, if you're kind of traveling in a car or I think if you're walking, I find the pace just a bit too slow. You can't kind of travel as far. So that's why I find kind of running is just a really mm-hmm. um, just kind of beautiful way of moving through the landscape, connecting with it. And it's also that passage of time as well, like from dusk till dawn or dawn till dusk. It's just that magical kind of liminal in betweeny space is just magical. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I also know that you were an army captain. Has that had any influence on your running career? Because obviously, you you must have to be kind of pretty fit to be in the army. Um, to a degree, um, and yes, there is a general level of fitness that you need to have. I hmm. I, I struggled, and I think my running at first was very 
you know, sporadic. I didn't work with a coach. I didn't have a training program. I'd just head out. I had no idea how to structure my training. Um, and it was just popping my trainers on and going out for a run. So there was, you know, maybe the odd speed session mm-hmm. if I went out with the club when I was back in Newcastle. But other than that, when I was in the army, it was a finish work, go for a run. Just that transition between, you know, work and life, which I think a lot of people use as kind of headspace just to kind of decompress. Um, and, and, you mm. know, yes, when I was in the army, I did the odd, you know, 10K half marathon just as a bit of a fun on the side. But I found that, you know, mm. I was in the army 2000 to 2009 and I did three operational tours within that period of time, and a lot of training um, on um, exercise. So actually having the ability to go, OK, I really want to focus on this race. This is what I want to do. I just I, I didn't have that ability to do that because I'd be sat in the desert in mm. Kuwait or Iraq for six months um, and then I'd be back and then I'd be on exercise sitting in northern Germany so it was really difficult to get that continuity um, I mean there was one race yeah. I really really wanted to do the Everest marathon and I, I, I couldn't get you know the time off work to do that so I, I did find that a struggle so for me it's actually been since I've left the army that I've been able to get a lot more mm-hmm. structure and routine and consistency and it also comes down to like you know your nutrition and your sleep and now you know I work for myself I have a lot greater ability to and um, control that than when I did when I was in the military mm-hmm. I've always loved the mountains I've always enjoyed being on the trails there's something about that away from there's something about the majesticness of the mountains feeling you know almost so small and insignificant and in comparison to them so I've always had this draw mm. a kind of call to nature and being away from like the urban built-up environment so the, the the trail has always felt like home to me um I think mm-hmm. the London Marathon is almost like a rite of passage and it, it's, it's yeah. the, one of the races you kind of hear about. And um, I was actually, you know, I was still in the military at the time. I was based in the south of England and I was on, eight, on an eight-month course and it, it fitted. So I could actually, you know, make it work and do some training for it. Not that much, but some. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, for some people, they get the buzz of city marathons. And I've got a lot of friends who've you know, been going through the alphabet, doing the marathons around the world and or trying to go and getting a faster time. And that and that's what works for them. You know, for me, I, I enjoy being almost like on my own in the mountains and being surrounded and crowded by a load of people um, isn't isn't kind of my sweet spot. Yes, I can do it, but I don't necessarily kind of enjoy it. I prefer to be on the trails um, on my own. And it was almost mm-hmm. like, okay, so I did the London Marathon. Brilliant. Okay, tick in the box. What next? Okay, I'll do it the following year. Maybe if I did a bit of training, um, I might get a bit of time. And I did. Um, and, you know, yes, I've never gone sub three. And I just, that, that goal doesn't excite me. I think it's really important to know what do you want to do? What, what do you want to inspire for as opposed to kind of pursuing a goal that you think you should because everyone else kind of does it? Um, so, you yeah. know, almost once I'd done a road marathon, I was like, well, I've done it. I don't really need to do it again. I'm like, oh, I can't really be bothered to put the train again. I love like the trails. What is possible? Um, and then, you know, after leaving the army and working, you know, in the Middle East and then um, in Australia, and then back to the Middle East, actually, I had an amazing opportunity to use my time to travel and to to race. So it was often I'd go and do a race because it was in a beautiful place. And some friends were going and we were making a week mm. of it or a weekend of it. And it's only then gradually that I've become more you know, competitive um, over a period of time. Um, when I was looking at your CV, I was reading that... Um... Back in 2018, 
you it, it looked like you were doing kind of enormous race after enormous race after enormous race and then subsequently it looks like and I might be wrong here it's subsequently it looks like you switched it up and and went sort of in the Ironman direction is there a causal link between massive loads of ultra running and then thinking actually no, I'm going to do something slightly different um so there's there's two things going on here so the first was in 2019 my um my ex-husband qualified for the 70.3 world championships in south africa um in port elizabeth and Mm. i'd already competed it too so i knew i could get to that standard before um and it was almost the thought of this sounds really bad this is my ego um the thought of going and supporting (laughs) him was just like I'm not just going to support, I want to race. <laughs> so I kind of switched tack <laughs> yeah. a little bit for 2019 so that I could then go to um, South Africa to compete as well. So that came into it. And, yeah. and yes, also, I mean, I look back at my race history now and almost it's like, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that, 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 that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that's probably too much. Okay. Um, and I, I do yeah. think, and you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. It clearly, if I could go back and tell myself this three years ago, I'd be like, no, don't be stupid. I'm fine. I can cope with this amount of volume. I, I do think, um, particularly having stopped in COVID and had an opportunity to rest, I was accumulating yeah. fatigue over years. So I, I, was, I was having mm-hmm. a conversation with a, a fellow ultra runner and he was telling me about his schedule for this year and he was basically racing an ultra every month. And I was just like, that's, that's, that's a lot, like that's too much. And then clearly I look back mm-hmm. at what I'd been doing a couple of years ago and went, ah, okay, <laughs> I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. So I, I do think yeah. you know, as ultra running becomes more popular, it's just been mindful that, you can't really race ultras like 10Ks. You know, if you want to do a 10K every month or, you know, every week or whatever, go for it. If you're doing that for an ultra and mm. you're competing, competing, I mean, even if you're just a participant as well, then it, it's, it's, mm. it's, you're kind of flirting with a danger zone. Um, and, you know, I'll openly admit I'm now 43. No, I'm not 43. Yes, I will be 43 in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm 42 now. Um, and, you know, I have noticed that my recovery and what my body needs has changed over the last 15 years. It's, it's, it's going to from being, you know, late 20s to early 40s. And, and that has influenced mm. how I train as well because I can't just do more and more volume. There's, I'll just break myself. And this is also, you know, I find running on the roads really hard on my body. Like if I ran, you know, mm. every day for a week on the roads, I, I, my knees and my hips would just be complaining. So that is why, you know, I, I'm mixing it up for the longevity factor to encourage my yeah. body to rest. And I find the trails are, are softer, they're gentler. Yeah. And um, speaking of trails, um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the White Horse um, because uh, you've, you've made an amazing film of your FKT doing the White Horse Trail um which was absolutely it's just it's a wonderful watch it's it's a it's a beautiful film um and i and it's spectacular for me because it is nearby so it's like i had no idea actually how many of those white horses were around me and also also it made me go and have a google about when they were all created because i didn't know that either so i love the fact that that comes up when during the film you see the horses and you see the dates um 
uh, one of them very, very recent, like 1999. Mm-hmm. Is that the Devizes one? Yeah, yeah. Devizes. That's the um, most recent. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you did this, and and it was clearly, you know, you you started kind of attacking FKTs. Um, attacking is probably not the right word. Um, but running F- these sort of more local routes uh, because of COVID, I assume. Um, so what what made you want to do this one in particular? So, you know, COVID, COVID hit and I, I struggled. I've, I've found the last couple of years super tough. Um, pretty mm. much my coaching business, which would be working up in London, Geneva, face-to-face, facilitating workshops, pretty much ground to a halt. And the 2020 season stopped. And it, it almost kind of links back. So 2019 was an interesting year. I had my first big DNF at the end of the year. Yeah, first diagonal Defoe mm. in Reunion Island, uh, which is a it's it's a it's a very French race. It's got its own little idiosyncrasies, and it's hard. Um, I got to 127k in itself, you know, 20 over 24 mm. hours, and I was just beat. And I knew what it would take to finish, and I didn't. I didn't couldn't go there. So I stopped and that was the first time, mm. um, which I don't know, dealing with DNF is, it's hard. Um, and kind of that, you kind yeah. of failed ultimately. And how, how do you kind of come back from that? So I, I was kind of really determined once I'd come through that, that 2020 was going to be, you know, a different season. I was going to switch things up. I was working with a new coach. I luckily got out to Gran Canaria at the beginning of March to do the 65 of the trans Gran Canaria race. And I, I, I performed well, like mm. fourth overall got the podium and I was really optimistic for 2020 and had a series of races kind of lined up. Um, you know, very fortunate to be able to go out and do the Mustang trail race um, had the OCC and a couple of others. And then clearly, you know, lockdown happened and everything ground to a halt. And I was just like, and, and it, it really hit me at like an identity level. You know, I, I identify as a coach and I identify as being an athlete. And when you can't do either of those things, like, well, who are you? And, you know, I was trapped in this house in Wiltshire. And, you know, normally I'd divide my time. And I know it sounds very first world. Um, I'm very fortunate um, between, you know, Wiltshire and Chamonix. And when I couldn't get to Chamonix, you know, that's, you know, ultimately what I believe is my home. It's where my my, my parents live um so that kind of real mm-hmm. isolation really hit me and it's like okay so what can I do and it, it is it was like right well what can I do what is on the doorstep right let's get the OS maps out and have a look at these trails which are there um and it was just yeah. a case of actually being able to get out you know in the, when it was times it was super restrictive it was literally from my doorstep but again I started to get to know the land mm. more I mean you know I'd run in the area for you know being been here for since 2015 which is the longest I've lived in any place since I was 18 um and you know FKTs people kind of you know you know about you know the Pennine Way and the Bob Graham round and mm-hmm. with Coastal Path and everything yeah. up in Scotland and that's where like you know as as, as in English runners that's where all our attention is it's almost like we kind of forget about running outside of these places and if you're not running in the Lake District then you know you're not a proper runner <laughs> Um, so in a way I was a bit determined yeah. well actually I, I, this this isn't my home it's it's become my home as I kind of mentioned in the film like well what what is about and I mean the white horses I knew about the Westby white horse because actually I'd done a, a lot of my training there you know when I wasn't out in the Alps it's the biggest hill near me it's about 90 meters from top to bottom and I would spend you know Saturday nights mm. rock and roll three hours going up and down up and down up and down <laughs> with my head torch on so I, I kind of I had a fondness <laughs> for it <laughs> Um, 
and again, you know, while I've been pouring over the maps doing um, the the Dan Booth round or the Limestone Link, and you, you kind of get to know the, the, the long distance trails in the area, which of them are passing through, you know, like the Macmillan Trail goes all the way up to the northeast coast. It's like 390 miles or something. And I was just like, that's long, long distance. What's mm. in the area? What's feasible? And I'd seen these kind of white horse trail signs. So then I just kind of mapped it out and I knew it was 100 miles and I had had it just there as okay let's build up to it let's see how it goes because again I find running in England doing long distance is very different from running in the mountains because and again it sounds you know going uphill it's like it is more power walking it's like it's a different form of running whereas Mm. actually if you're running through the fields of southwest England it's it's a kind of a different mechanical the the speed just you know the mud times of the year going over styles it's 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 very different from having your poles and powering up a hill and then coming down again um or you know going up a hill and some of them will be like 1500 meters and it's straight up as opposed to this disruptive kind of it's a bit of road it's now a bit of trail it's a bit of path but you know ultimately once i looked into the white horse it's they're iconic there's nowhere else in the world that you have eight white horses within a distance like this and they all have their own history and once you start reading into that history as well and the upkeep of you know who created them who paid for them who's kept them who hasn't and there's five that have fallen into disrepair so it's just a really i don't know it's it's that connection to an area which is a bit quirky yeah i kind of like it (laughs) and you filmed it what made you film it so Danielle is an amazing um, videographer and I've done a couple of pieces of work with her in the past. She lives in Bath as well. Um, and we've done one on, um, you know, running around with how to manage your periods while you're running. Because again, it's what, you know, what are the barriers to women getting out on the trails running and actually how you manage your period is mm. is one and you know during my various adventures there's been various mishaps and how I've moved through them and it's actually how can I speak up and talk about this ultimately to just naturalize it which it is but it's something that's been just doesn't get talked about it, and thankfully things are beginning to change mm. you know like menstruation and the menopause the two m's they've just almost been like banished from society like oh we can't possibly talk about the female things whereas now you know people mm. are speaking up people are there are changes which is just really really encouraging so you know i knew danielle i met her through yeah. the um women's adventure expo which um it's run a few times in bristol it's not been on for the last couple of years and i'm not sure where they're at at the moment so I knew I had this connection and we'd always kind of talked about this doing a project together but it was almost like well what is it going to be what's the story and I know sometimes if you try to come up with something it's not natural it's not real it's not authentic but when I like genuinely I was like I want to do this project I was like actually let's it's it's more than just doing an FKT because I think a lot of running films as well just get a bit like, oh, I'm doing this challenge. I'm going to go from A to B and here's me suffering in the middle and this is how I conquered it and this is how I got to the end. And it's all like a little bit predictable, a little bit samey, lots of drone shots. Um, and that's me being a little bit flippant, sorry. <laughs> um, so we really wanted to do something, I don't know, just kind of like low key. And I mean, when you watch it, like the music is just beautiful. Like it's just, I was so, I mean, mm. Danielle just worked wonders with the footage and pulling it together and like literally we were out on the ground in my camper van she was doing the the kind of all the the camera work my partner joe was there throwing food at me um making sure that i was okay 
and it was just the three of us out for a really really long day and then you know at the end you know I had some friends unexpectedly come and support which was lovely um and Joe's sister and his nephew kind of came along and you know we're all in the van at the end together and it's just a really mm. lovely kind of intimate um affair yeah I mean it's, it's a beautiful film it's absolutely beautiful um now now that you've done that now you've completed that and now that the world is opening up just a little bit and maybe a bit further do you do you have sort of have you changed your plans for this year or beyond is it do you have um anything that you have signed up for the the ankle injury that I mentioned at the back of August has mm. it through it through me and kind of coming through that it's taken a, a lot and even now I'm like no it still doesn't feel quite right um but I did a local Slaughterford nine at the weekend which is notorious for being muddy and steep and you know I did it pre-covid um and it's just a really lovely community like everybody's there and it was just really nice just seeing people like that's you know what I've missed like as a lot a lot of people is that that social connection and like the running community is always so supportive Mm -hmm. and actually a a lot of the time it's like I've, I've missed seeing my friends um and particularly because I I've moved so much I have friends all over the place so it's almost, it's, it's just makes them more challenging because normally I'd visit and see them and we'd run, but I've not been able to do that. So, so, you know, it was great to kind of do the slaughter fit and I was using that as a bit of a gauge and like, how did that go? And I had to be careful because I did it two years ago when I was in a different place, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, because mm. you, you can get, I think a little bit like, oh, I did that time of that year and now you're this time, and, oh, it wasn't as fast and oh, negative, let's beat myself up. Yeah. But it's like, okay pause stop right this is where we're at um and I I made the decision and (laughs) my coach bless him I was like I've decided to do the endurance life south down Devon marathon in two weeks time and he was like if anybody else had said that to me (laughs) they would have had a slightly different response but because it's you I know and I was like I just need to do this just to go and do like I mean, the Southwest Coastal Path is beautiful, and I do spend a bit of time down there in the van mm. just taking up the trails. I've not done this section before. I just want to go back and have a race and just see how it goes. I have no expectations. And I think it, towards the, like pre-COVID, towards the latter end, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself race-wise, mentally, yeah. to perform. It's almost like, well, this is my history. It's like, oh, well, I need to live up to that. If I don't get on the podium, what are people going to think? And, and, and that just it wasn't a particularly healthy place to be. So I really want to like really enjoy my running. And, and it kind of sounds basic. Yeah, I want to have fun out there. I don't want to be stood on the start line going like, oh God, I need yeah. to visit the podium. Um, because that that's not what it's about. Um, so ultimately this year, I've got a couple of races that have been rolled over since 2020. Um, they're on the cards. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, and you know, travel-wise, who knows? I've got Mozart 100 at the end of June. Yeah. And then I've got the TDS, part of the UTMB series, um, kind of end of August. So, you know, I've done the UTMB, I've done the CCC twice. You know, I really want to do the TDS. I really mm-hmm. want to do the OCC. I'd like to have done done them all just as a bit of a, I don't know, tick the boxes. So, you know, I do, li- I do like to have a focus. <laughs> um though you know getting out there and training you know in France who knows I've I've also I'm in the position at the moment that I'm in the I'm in the process of moving house there's a lot of you know like life stuff going on work is 
actually got super busy, mm. which is really exciting. And I've got some great projects involved there. You know, what I love doing, it's kind of a niche within coaching is taking people outdoors. And, you know, I've got my own podcast, mm-hmm. um, Coaching Outdoors, ultimately encouraging kind of coaches, but just people to get outside and move. Um, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. You know, we only have a finite amount of time and energy and how we use that. And, you know, will I race again at that level? I, I don't I don't know. At that frequency? Probably not. Yeah. Do I still want to be enjoying it? Yes. Do I still want to be enjoying it in 10 years time? Yes. So it's, you know, <laughs> just switching things up and doing things a little bit different. And I don't know exactly what that looks like yet, but it's like an exciting transition point to be in. We've just launched ourselves onto Patreon as we need your help to keep going. Please support us at patreon.com forward slash women's running with whatever you can and you'll get some lovely patron only perks. Some of you have started supporting us already and we love you for it. You can support us from as little as £2 a month, cheaper than a cup of coffee and we're worth that, surely. So, we're back. We are Are back. We We are back. Okay, we're back. back. Hello. (laughs) Um, We thought we'd come back. Um, after this and go through some of the lovely emails that we've got from you guys some of the very funny emails actually that we've got from you guys um, that have yeah, caused us many chuckles <laughs> it's really making us laugh so we we did change the assignment to embarrassing moments and we have got the first kind of couple of our embarrassing moment stories coming through yes um but we it's going to be never ending isn't it because we couldn't help but to read out a couple of um the running annoyances because yes. a couple more trickled in that made us absolutely we are pants yeah. do we want to do that first and then and then I know we've got a question as well that we wanted I to have a question tackle. uh but uh sh- yeah should we do should we do the running annoyances let's do those first Let, let's do a couple of those you want to do the sweary one <laughs> yes <laughs> though now I need annoyingly I need to find it um which is embarrassing because I should have found it before we actually started <laughs> podcast so this i know how i'm going to be able to i know the word that i'm going to have to use if i if i want to search for it no you can't because it's got two asterisks in it oh that's true she did kindly asterisk her name is vicky french if that helps and pardon her french pardon her french in fact don't pardon her french i absolutely love her french okay are you going to asterisk this or are you not good at no is that okay it's gonna be you're gonna have to mark it as explicit it's explicit this one yeah (laughs) because i find this so funny and i'm just going to read word for word a couple of the bits that she says yeah so her list of running annoyances runners this is in written in list form yeah (laughs) runners rerunning a route after a race wankers (laughs) people not smiling back wankers (laughs) slow clapping and you can do it people wankers dog walkers and dog on extendable leads or off leads wankers i am a dog owner she does actually go on to say and hers is always on a short lead and is not allowed to talk to anyone without her permission which really makes me laugh (laughs) because i'm imagining the dog sort of trying to have a little chin wag but he's not allowed to do that permission um and she says, I live in the countryside and it isn't just city dog owners who are wankers. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, right. Good I know. know there's multiple other wankers as well. Yeah. Uh, she says, <laughs> two not dog related annoyances though. And she said, these probably sound really shitty. Runners in races who decide to slowly meander in the middle of the road to have a drink <gasps> and force you to swerve or stop. That happened to me in Berlin. Oh, 
Yeah. Did it. Yeah. It's that I might be guilty of that, you know, I'm quite gormless. Don't with that meander. Kind of stuff. No meandering. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. Uh, and runners use the left hand lane. Um, and she is, oh no, sorry, there, sorry, that was just some more context. No, what she's saying is if yeah, you're having your drink, go onto the left. So, oh, okay. You know, so, so she's saying, don't meander in the middle, go away. Yes. Yes. I had that. <laughs> yeah. I had that. Oh, and this, I nearly did this with you in Berlin because I didn't know how to get to you. Yeah. People who run horizontal across you one mile into races to go and see a supporter. Yes. Literally almost died last week when this very silly runner did this. Oh, I see. So this is runners who are actually doing the race. And she did say that she gave her an audible for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. They, so, so it's pe- if people are kind of waving a banner on the side, and they're going like "Go, yeah. Mum" or whatever, and then Mum sees them, and then just diagonally dive bombs across the. So that does happen. I got it. F- I I was stopped in Berlin by a bloke walking across. So it wasn't a runner, but just a bloke just mm. walking across really slowly. It's like, oh, guys, really? So yes, thoroughly approve of all of Vicky's annoyances yes, there. Approve the seal of approval for Vicky. Seal, uh, you seal. had one as well, didn't you? I had one. Yes, I had one from. Um, um, Hannah the Quiet Silent Plodder. Oh, I love Hannah the Quiet Silent Plodder. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good for her. So she says, what really gets my goat is those sanctimonious loudmouthed do-gooders that insist on, thank you, Marshall, at every turn in park yeah. run. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny i really um, like those as well so so they inevitably start the race too fast are breathing ridiculously loudly and then as a show of virtue signaling use their booming church crier voices to thank you marshall yeah. it properly gets on my tits um and she say that the marshals look as hacked off as me when yelled at by an increasingly knackered runner every lap um they say, oh, she says, they know the thanks is not for them. It's purely for them as a show of cringy virtue signaling. Now, she's cross about this. Now, I must admit, I, I, so so I have noticed this at Park Run. I think everyone notices this at Park Run. There are people that say thank you, Marshall, and there are people that say thanks, and there are people that don't say anything at all. Yeah, I have built up over the past two years to become someone that occasionally says thanks. Um, yeah, I think I said thanks to you when we, but that was because we actually had an, a lovely listener yes. at the end as one of the marshals at the end. So I but think people it would do, have been well, a bit we did that to right. Like, no, 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 because <laughs> no, because we did that right at the end. That's right at the end. We'd stopped. People oh, yeah, say thank you, Marshall, while they're running past the marshals that are telling them where to go. Um, and but anyway, what I found even more funny than this was the then the kind of the rebuttal to that from the harrier i know can i read this i'm really excited about this okay right this is helen and she's come back with a rebuttal and i have to say i'm here for this beefing (laughs) on i I love it i love the drama (laughs) helen also thank you for your reply and i am sorry that i really went on a bit of a tirade about harriers the other day (laughs) which is probably more about me than it was about harriers (laughs) But she said, well, she said some lovely things to us at the start, which was very nice. Um, And she said she's one of our people, which made my heart quite warm. But she did also (laughs) admit that she is someone that we both hate. Um, She often does park run, runs around warming up before a race. She's a harrier. (laughs) And she parades around in hardly any clothes. All these oddities are fine by her. But the one thing that she did want to explain, so she doesn't mind being, she she owns being a harrier who runs all over the shop. (laughs) But the one thing that she did feel a need to um, sort of, yeah, explain herself about 
is running around after the park run and clapping people who are still running. Yes. She felt sad when she said that we both hated this and she wanted to explain <laughs> how it's meant so that us and fellow people who have written in to slag it off may understand the other side of the perspective so she said when I first joined my running club I was a real beginner and not at all speedy no natural talent whatsoever the very first club race I did I finished really near the back um she thinks that there may have been one runner who was over 70 behind her but she was near the end um and all the winners and leaders were still there clapping them in I didn't feel great that they were, she said, sorry, she said she didn't feel that they were being patronizing and mm-hmm. made her feel part of the club and part of the group. Races were when I got to know people of all different ages and paces because everybody raced to their own ability, but then gathered and chatted about it afterwards. See, that whole community feeling is making yeah. me feel like maybe I'm the wanker now. Well, I, th- I think I it's, it's projection, isn't it? It's kind of, um, you know, like um, like when, when you get cut up, by a, a driver or something or, or or the way in which I absolutely loathe BMW drivers because they're always driving up your ass and stuff. Like that. I know I realise I'm digressing. But Yeah, no, no. Sometimes BMWs look like they've got big flared nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it could be that instead that the, the driver in that BMW isn't flared nostrils, angry. No, they could be nice. But... In fact, sometimes I have been surprised that occasionally they have been women and they look quite kind of normal. And it might just be because they're actually a bit nervous about driving. They like driving up people's coattails so they know how fast they're going and blah, blah, blah. Um, people do it as a kind of security measure as much as a kind of an aggressive measure. And so what what I'm trying to say in a very long-winded way is that while we think that the thank, mm. the thank you, Marshall, and the clap, the slow clapping afterwards is, uh, look how fast I'm going. Look how much breath I have left in my body to be able to say thank you, Marshall. And look how magnanimous I am in, in clapping you very, very slow runners. But actually, yeah. I, I do realise, I think that these people are being community-driven I know and supportive and, that, and we love that. Do and you know amazing. as well, this is what was, the, this is what really unfortunately undid my argument and Helen's really got me here. Mm. She, she reminded me of when I did Parkrun and I was really grateful for the support that the marshals, you know, they were really lovely when yeah. we went. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't think I full on shouted thank you, Marshall, at any of them, but I did give some big smiles because I was really grateful for the support. Yeah. She said, she, so she reminded me of that and she said she offered Marshalls and, um, she said that it's the exact same spirit, whether she's marshalling or cooling down after having finished her park run. Mm. And so she said, if you see someone running past and cheering you on after they finish, just think of them as marshals who just happen to have fewer clothes on that day. And I Aww. kind of, I know, I know. Doesn't it, doesn't it melt your cold, cold heart? Very, very slightly. Very slightly. But it is incredibly cold. So, you know. I know. It's going to take some 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 melting Quite the furnace i think I'm, to... i i feel like it has it has i'm 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 in agreement and i'm in understanding with her we've got an understanding me and helen okay and she's also said that she didn't used to be like that at all she's now you know she she imagines she probably is a fart one of the people that we're talking about being a fast park runner yeah but like she she still doesn't feel like she is because she's just been doing park run for yonks and god even a harrier has imposter syndrome I know. It's mental, isn't it? There's no hope for any of us. No. 
No, we're all buggered. No. Let's move on to embarrassing moments. Okay, cool. Okay, so I don't know if you've got one, but I have to do this one. About Helen there. (laughs) Um, Yes, thank you, Helen. By the way, and we do love you. We do. We do. And I'm I'm so sorry that I I allow my insecurities about not being Harrier to get in my way. Um, And I still I still want people to write in with their annoyances if they because it does feel as though this is something that could run and run. So feel free to tell us more stuff that irritates you. I think Um, it's quite cathartic, isn't it? It's cathartic. It yeah, is. I get annoyed by so much stuff. So, yeah, it's and like and even get annoyed at my own self mostly. Yeah, you know, should I run? Shouldn't I run? Should I go up those oh, stairs? God, oh, I'm rubbish going up the anyway. Oh, are you making a big fuss about your silly foot? Yeah, <laughs> I get so annoyed at myself, and and also I like to I do. I do like to complain sometimes, and usually I don't mean it, but I quite like to, I like a little rant, and. All of my family tease me for it. Dog always looks at me disapprovingly if I'm having a big rant. This is everybody's free pass. Yeah. Get all of that anger out and write Get us an out. email with loads of wankers in it. Yeah, we love exactly. It. We love it. All the swears. We love it. <laughs> we love it. But so a couple of weeks ago, we did ask if um, people had embarrassing moments that they would be happy to, to share. Um and and they do. So mm-hmm. I've got one here. I don't know if we've had more than more than this one, but this one we is... have had a couple. But I think let's save them for a, for a big old juicy segment. But let's let's kick off with one. We're going to kick off, and this is just to yeah get your your juices flowing with your own embarrassing mishaps uh, on a run. And um and I don't think actually me and you we haven't really gone into detail about ours either. But I think that might be the next podcast. Okay, yeah, let's do um, full embarrassing full moments embarrassing. podcast. Yeah. Embarrassing bodies. Oh, aren't they though? <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so th- we had this lovely email from Sarah who um, I just want to give her a hug. I just want to give her a hug. She says, "I think my most embarrassing mishap was a wardrobe malfunction. You know what's coming up when my front Yo. zip fastening bra came undone." Oh no! I just felt my bra suddenly pop open. You what? Fully undone? Do you think? I think fully undone. Look, listen. Yeah, I felt my bra suddenly pop open, and being fairly well endowed up top, there was no way I could run or even walk with it like that. Despite it happening in my local park, there weren't many people about, so I managed to turn towards the bushes to suss out if the zip had burst um, or just undone. Luckily, it was just undone, so I was able to put it together and get zipped up again kept checking for the zip for the rest of the, the run and then got home and ordered a back fastening bra online. Good idea. Never going to risk that again. Oh, bless oh, no. that one is very, I, I, I appreciate that. I do. I completely I appreciate, appreciate it. I mean, for me, if I were wearing a front fastening bra and it were to pop open, no one, not even my boobs would notice any difference. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's not a great deal of, um, I'm what what ungenerous. I might take someone's eye out. Oh, would you? No, I would not. So wouldn't I? Wouldn't necessarily say I would take someone's eye out with my tits. <laughs> not but their eye, they, but they. <laughs> but maybe I'd sort of get in the way of it. Um, I, they, they, I, I would notice. It's actually it's really annoying. I was always a small boob runner, and I could get away with with wearing um, like not particularly supportive sports bras now I am a quite I had a bit of a, I had a boob growth spurt as well mm. as an overall sort of turning into a a sort of potato metamorphosis <laughs> oh, over... <laughs> no I love it she I hasn't it. turned into a potato <laughs> and um I have now found that I have to do full-on 
you know, Athenian armor, Doug calls it oh, when I put it on. <laughs> but yeah, but um, I would not, it, it would, it would not go unnoticed if my tits burst forth on a run. Either. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite sad that it would completely go unnoticed. I mean, I think I could probably, I mean, it, uh, I could get away with. I'm quite jealous. A couple of plasters and a bit of elastic, really, around here. But um, yeah, we it's, it you know it's when you lose, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and mine have got smaller and less inviting post kids as well. So it's <laughs> it's just an unpleasant situation there. It's just gravity is is an awful mistress oh, gravity is is yeah. is playing a large part for me as well yeah not for my saggers not fun but yeah front zips <laughs> um they can go in room 101 right <laughs> oh yeah okay let's do it i'm actually picturing a bra that i have noticed before i haven't worn but i have noticed before when we've been you know doing gear reviews and and you know leafing through the mag and stuff that mm. I won't name and shame it, but I often look at it and I think, how on earth with one wrong one wrong movement does that not just completely Yeah. Just yeah. And I always say like a zip first. that close to your nipples, that doesn't seem like a, a wise thing to no, have. No, I agree. I agree. Right. That's making some, that's making no. you do a pelvic floor lift, right? <laughs> yeah, it's making my sort of Yeah. You know. That's that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's another thing firmly in room 101 yeah okay yeah. so yeah more embarrassing stories please and yes, uh, please. more annoyances or anything that involves swear words i mean embarrassing moments it's all going to be about poos and wheeze and boobs and periods and all that sort of oh, stuff isn't it so it. bring it on i think yeah that's what we want to hear that's what we want to hear <laughs> and we shall think of some of our most embarrassing running moments yeah um oh my god i've got one i've got one i was just about to say i've not i don't have a poo story and then i just thought oh apart from that one so yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay tune in for that one i'm very excited <laughs> and i mine you know i'm sure i'll think of 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 one but at the moment, all that's sort of bringing to mind is my usual embarrassments. Sort of times I've smiled at people and they've been like, "What?" But <sighs> I will think of. I'm going to think of some good ones as well. Yeah. Do you know we can reclaim them because don't you find that so often those embarrassments they could actually be annoyances, couldn't they? So it shouldn't be embarrassing that you've smiled and they've not smiled back. You should be just really pissed off that they've not smiled back at you. I know it was one of my annoyances. Reframe and it. Same with you. You didn't poo yourself. I, I actually didn't poo myself, but oh, okay, it okay. was a well, very, we'll very close out. thing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay, I for one can't wait. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Do please email us at wrpodcast at anthem.co.uk with any questions or running stories, as we'd love to include them in a future podcast. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. For just £2 a month, you can become one of our first supporters on Patreon. For the price of a very cheap coffee, you'll have our undying adoration and a couple of exclusive perks too. Go to patreon.com forward slash women's running and join our gang. Happy running.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.